All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 28 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi with us. How's it going, boys? Together. Yeah. Together again. First time in a while. Six feet apart. Yeah, we were worried. Uh, We hadn't seen each other in a while, so... uh... Had to build a new table. Thought, yeah, we we weren't sure if the chemistry would be there, but uh, chemistry's freaking there. So yeah, we're back. Took about three hours to get ready to do this, <laughs> but we're here. Audio ready. levels still spiking, but we're here. No, audio looks pretty good. I, for now, I mean, we're thirty seconds Say in. That. Just wait till I get excited one time. Relatively, good. I'll be yeah. blowing all your speakers. Same here. Apologies. Um, all right, we're not audio guys. So today's episode, obviously, brought to you by our friends at OddShark.net. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen their commercials? I mean, they are... Yeah, they're actually jokes. Like, I'm not yeah, even... Yeah, makes me laugh every wise. time. Yeah, and they're great when you're, like, chilling with the group because you're like, yeah, I got that same sponsor. Um, not great for that. Uh, but, you know, yeah, they're hilarious. They're actually really jokes. Like, betting on the family dinner one. Um, I don't know if you caught that one recently, but that's pure jokes and definitely something that uh, you, ha- you you just should do with your in-laws. Um, it's that boring. But, yeah, no, Odd Shark's uh, killing it right now, taking over, and uh, glad we... Glad we, we got involved early with them, and they got involved with us. <laughs> Podcast is just a pretty clear launch board at this point. I mean, you look at, boom, Blue Stones, and now we got Oddshark.net going mainstream again. You got the website, all kind of facilitated around the podcast. So, 
if you uh like if you're like a budding artist who wants to go pick <laughs> this is for sure your spot this is where you'll yeah. blow up uh we got yeah. a, sp- a chiclets bump you did but uh we're gonna call it the podcast bump from mm-hmm. ra um over at spit and chiclets there this week brock that was pretty exciting for you um oh it's just it, it was weird because i was like man like somebody either really wants to talk to me or something else is going on i wasn't really paying bump. that much attention then i was just looking this guy followed you this guy followed you and it just like kept pouring in and normally when that happens something gave you a bit of a show and Huge, yeah. yeah Sorry, this time. For those um, that are wondering, RA um, from Spit and Chicklets just tweeted. Um, someone asked him, you know, where can they find goalie starts for 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 betting, which is you know use use us for betting. Um, <laughs> and he he dropped the DFO, so that's a huge drop, absolute uh, massive uh, name drop from you know a bigger guy in hockey. So a truly good momentous for the brand. day. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> drop our name everywhere. Yeah. Let us know. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Today's episode, we are going to break down the Eastern and Western Conference first-round playoff matchups. Uh, we are going to rip through this episode. I have set a timer on my phone. Five minutes. First off, though, did you guys enjoy that that first round? Like, like we'll get to it in a second. Takes? We'll get okay, to it because we got to go over that. Because we will for sure. Freaking awesome. Five minutes per round or per matchup, and we're gonna move on. Uh, but first, um, let's talk about the. NHL draft lottery phase two. Yes. Um, I'm just going to take the floor here for one minute as a Red Wings fan. I think it's obviously total bullshit. Um, Been there, done that for two I years. mean, like, they had 39 points this year. Um, hey, man. That was literally the worst. They were the worst team in the cap era. So it's pretty... Uh, He's talking pretty, to a guy that happened to twice. Y- it yeah, just but, shows how ass-backwards the system is, that yeah. he thinks he deserves the he best deserves player in the, the draft because yeah, they were the worst team by, by a mile. I mean... What a backwards-ass seen... system we have. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Just relegate the Wed Rings. They shouldn't even be in the league anymore. Bring Let's up... call up the Griffins. Who won the, the Calder? Basically the same end, team. But who, whoever, whoever wins the Calder, bring yeah, them up. Send them up. Bring them up. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if that's how it works. Like, there's a 30, <laughs> yeah. third team But in don't the league. tell them before the year, so someone's just, like, tanking to get the pick, and then all of a sudden, just boom, in the A. Yeah. Mid-season, though, like, the Red Wings call somebody up from the other team that's in the NHL. Is that yeah. how that works, though? Um, uh, we, we'll figure out the <laughs> logistics later. later yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, tonight, eight teams, 12.5% chance each to get the first overall pick. There's a little bit of controversy on Twitter. Uh, Luongo actually weighted started balls. a potential weighted ball, also a dropped ball. Same team that won the it? draft. Yeah, did you not see it? Like he was like, Buddy was holding it over the little like machine, yeah. right? And then they were like talking bullshit about whatever, he, and then he would put and then he like would put the ball in as soon as they were done talking about whatever, and he dropped the Rangers ball by accident, then took it back out and just held it there, and then hmm. put it back in. Huh. And then the Rangers ended up winning the draft lottery. Oh. They're going to get Lafreniere. Very right. bizarre. Yeah. So what's the science behind that? How does dropping what... it make it more likely? No, like it didn't. It up? didn't make. It didn't make it. <laughs> it no, doesn't. It's just the it. controversy was <laughs> Luongo tweeted out that the ball looked heavy. It looked like there was. I don't sure. know if it was just a shadow. If it was sand. But again, I'm no scientist. I don't know if the, a heavier ball makes a difference right. in that little floating. I am a scientist. Well, we could just <laughs> we could probably get one of those machines in here and we could try to replicate the process. And yeah, that'll be next episode. We'll. <laughs> We'll uh, yeah, we'll make it pretty work. easy to pull yeah, off. Yeah, we'll basically do it so that it works for the wings this time, Brock. So that yeah, you can perfect. have your, your thrill. But, but uh, uh, the New York Rangers, they're going to get Alexi Lafreniere if they want. Exciting. Um, exciting for them. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of people like, oh, you, you know, you, like I think Craig Custance, who is actually a tremendous reporter, but he's like, 
This might not be a popular opinion, but this is good for the NHL. To me, I think it's bad. I'm like, not it bad, but like, what's good for the NHL is parody. Speaking of odd chart, take a look at your TV right hey, now. It's on. <laughs> there it is. Oh, yeah. well, um, you guys can't look at your TV, but no, we are we looking can. at our TV. But to me, what's good for the NHL is parody. Like, obviously, you know that first round beebs you alluded to it it was super exciting there was upsets that none so of us were, that none of us were expecting but the way that you get teams that you know aren't supposed to be very good beating teams that are supposed to be good is parody like chicago doesn't win that series if they don't get the first overall pick when they were bad and get patrick kane yeah but the thing is um out of the eight teams there you could have taken six of them and there's no parody if they get lafreniere so it's like you know, you get the Leafs, they're already up there. You I don't see the, what the problem is. They yeah, I, they missed the playoffs, they go like in the lottery. It. I think it was great. They won the I pick. Think they just, yeah, because it was the most legit Because of COVID, like, the NHL decided to do it yeah, in this really weird. weird system. Really, the whole lottery should have just been after this first round was done, but they I wanted agree. that extra TV event. Yeah. But they missed the playoffs by the definition of what the playoffs are this year. Yeah. They I missed was, the playoffs. You get a lottery for the first I pick. Was Those are the rules. They won it. But, like, the Penguins, the Penguins literally had more wins then the Red Wings had points. Yeah, they so are they in the really, playoffs? So yeah. are they? A, yeah, they're a Penn playoff team. In the playoffs. Yeah, but by That's the why definitions of this season, you don't think they overthought it though, and should have said, "Hey, the, the seven teams that actually weren't in the playoffs that aren't even playing hockey, they should." I just think it wouldn't have looked anywhere near as bad if they didn't do it into two TV events into two parts like they did. If it was just the Rangers who won the first pick, it'd be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, a team moved up that yeah. far. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, I don't think. I think it wouldn't have been a big deal if, that like, happens, they, if they happen. got, like, moved up to, like, third. Yeah. I think it's a way bigger deal that it's like, oh, this fucking playoff team gets I, first over. I mean, I, there's obviously no perfect solution to coming back from a global pandemic yeah. and while it's still raging on. So there's going to be some shortcomings and, you know, things that don't really make sense and you just got to go with what happens. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like a big time. Canadian <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah. They were by far the worst team. Is that what you want? A, a big time Canadian superstar like this too in New York yeah. could be great for growing the game. That's what he's kind of saying. I mm-hmm. think that's what our boy Custy's alluding to. Well, you need your, um, you need your big brand teams. Yeah. To be good. And so if it is going to be fun to watch him play on the same team as and you know the best as who Zabanajad. Him and Zabanajad on the line is going to be awesome. Oh yeah, Panarin. Him, well, I mean, like, I, I doubt they're all going to play together. Well, but, but yeah, you put the bread man anywhere near him on a power play, and I'm getting, uh, I'm feeling toasty. I'm I watching just, that. I'm just butthurt because like I just remember December. I mean, we're sitting there, been there, World man. Junior time, and he just looks so dominant, like such a incredible size skill mm-hmm. combo. I'm like this guy's going to be a Red Wing. Then. You take yeah. There's still like pick. a 75% chance you don't get the pick, right? Oh, yeah. You got to take your fourth pick, At this turn point, it into I'd... a generational D-man, and that's just how it's yeah, done. We need, Kale, we, need, we need Kale McCarr. But it sucks that they fell the what? Hard. Three or four? four. Yeah, that's, you know, that's unfortunate. Same place the Avs fell twice. <laughs> yes, that's Kale McCarr is But I don't think it would, it would seem as bad if, yeah, like I said, they didn't divvy it up into two parts yeah for the it just was TV so event. like it, it just seems so perfect for them like they get the ratings that they want like it just seems it just seems too perfect for the nhl like how's that convenient yeah it but, seems very convenient yeah but i don't think the nhl would also want to be pouring all those first round picks into edmonton either like no. it's not like that's no. a huge tv market and a huge national drive or attraction. They, yeah they're already up there they're already a big market yeah, i don't, don't need to pump more yeah. it would have been a shit show if he would have i think they i mean honestly i think if they were being honest about it they were probably pretty happy with lafreniere going to any of those teams like, oh, they would be. Oh, yeah, because yeah. just yeah. it's a mix of major markets and teams that could use a, a superstar to market their teams with, with, you know, like Nashville and Minnesota. So, yeah, I think they're probably happy either way, and they're definitely not upset that it went to the Rangers. No, but it seems silly to think that they would actually 
fix it in front of us when they're actually showing it to us for once. Yeah, for once, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, if they are going to fix it, they're probably not going to show it. Or Catch-22, they I are going to Think of the moon landing, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. All right, let's move on. Let's just briefly touch on the qualifying round. I mean, we had 44 <laughs> games in nine days. It was pretty sweet. Uh, a lot of good hockey in the qualifying rounds. Not a lot of good hockey in the round robin. It was pretty boring. But quickly, I just want to know, um, give me a team, a player, a line, anything. Who is the most surprising player for you guys in the qualifying round? Beebs, we'll start with you. Love it, because this is someone I just hit so hard in fantasy this year. For me, it was PLD. Pierre-Luc Dubois came back. I'm sorry you can close your ears on this one, but he was an absolute horse in that series. He dominated both sides of the ice. I hadn't seen him. Going in, it was almost like the Leafs should dominate them up the middle. The PLD kind of turned that on its head, and I couldn't believe it. He was looking like an absolute point-per-game player. Um, if that's a regular season PLD we get. And that's exciting for future fantasy years, um, especially looking like he's kind of taken over that role as the number one guy on forward out in Columbus. Um, so for me, that was a huge standout. Again, he just did absolutely everything. And, and the wheels on that guy, I didn't know he could go from one end to the other like and just burn three D men in the well two D men in the Yeah, he was a he was a horse in that series. And he knocked sure. Muzzin out of the series, which is probably that as big of yeah. a difference See, maker as anything else. You gotta consider that. Yeah. But um no that that is someone who stood out. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> someone who stood out big time. Another one It's gamesmanship, right? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Fuck. Um another one that really Muzzin stood is out okay to me, for the record. Um and for the wrong reasons was Tyler Myers. Um get one more minor penalty, oh. bud. Holy shit. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was just like somebody was like Tyler Miners, am I right? Unreal. <laughs> he did. He took so tweet. many, so many penalties. It was insane. Two games in, he had six minor penalties. <laughs> like that, you're not. I get that. You know, you got to. He's play moving your on game, though. Let's see how many he can give uh, the opposing he's team. Going for in a record round or one. something, but yeah, Tyler Miners. He stood out for the wrong. So he, reasons, so he was the one that yeah. you were disappointed with. Yeah. Uh, D, let's go to you. Who stood out to you and who disappointed you in the qualifying round? Um. Well, as far as I guess surprises go, I mean. You know, sorry to stick with the same series, but it's obviously the one I watched uh, more intently than than the rest. But uh, I, I mean, I, I was texting you, both of you guys a lot throughout the series, but Corpusalo just kind of blew me away. Yeah. Um, you know, I you didn't really. I were previewing this the series before, and you don't really expect uh, in goal to be the one area where Blue Jackets would have a significant advantage, especially when you hear that Corpusalo starting the, the first game. Obviously, Elvis looked like the better goalie throughout the course of the year, so I thought that would be the major issue or the sticking point for the least off offense was figuring out Elvis. And, uh, and then, you know, it just happens to be Corpus Allo who stands on his head for the first two games. And then of course, by the time Elvis does come in, he looks as good as you'd expect. And then stumbles a little bit, gets knocked out of the game. And then you have Corpus Allo to go back to stands on his head in game five. So uh, like, like we said, they, they needed good goaltending. We talked about it a lot this year. That it's not like they were actually that great at limiting shots or scoring chances that they, they did rely on the goaltending and they, definitely got it it was just a little bit surprising to see it come from uh, mainly from corpus Allo. yeah i think we, they did a better job sorry beeps okay. i think they did a better job in that series than they had done all season too like obviously it's a little bit different in in the playoffs like you're really focusing on your matchups uh everything is just a little bit more intense and yeah. they did but a I tremendous mean, job like on the four check and his two shutout zone, games in particular though like he oh, played he amazing the leafs had a lot of great ace oh he chances. looked outstanding they shot what 2.7 percent 1.97 percent at even strength yeah. which we talked about it too there was a couple goalies that stood out. We were saying in five-game series, it's really where a goalie can take it. But we weren't talking Corpus Allo. That's why it's a huge surprise to me as well, yeah. D. We're but talking Carey Price. 908 save percentage, yeah, right? exactly. We talked about that for Carey Price. He did it, obviously. We talked about that for Darcy Kemper. He did it. 
those are the guys you expect it from. Corpusalo, I'm right there with you, D. That kind of blew my mind. Um, I was definitely someone also texting other buddies like, all right, Elvis dropped on the pads and he has the wrong jersey on. Well, that's, what me, like and that. D, that's what me and D were saying to each other. Like, are we not, are we not 100% sure that Sergey Bobrovsky's still in Columbus and Corpus Allo is playing in, in yeah. Florida? Because Bob didn't look great. And, and the Corpus Allo is too. Just... Like, how John Tavares, wide open cage, hits a post. When does yeah. that ever happen? It's a, it's, it's a 50 goal a year scorer hitting mm-hmm. a wide open cage post. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Shit has to go right for you to win. And it did in a five game series. It just sucks that you don't have that much of a leash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, like you say in five games, it uh, definitely doesn't take as much to to separate teams and make the difference. So, um, do you think seven Leafs would have won? Because I, I I think I just have no faith in the Leafs winning a playoff series. It it's, tough, it's just t- they look like the better team over the, yeah. those five games. So I mean, definitely, yeah, they ha- they they had the shot lead in every game. But obviously, I wouldn't up. feel comfortable to say that they're going to win the next two games that they play against them. So that's true. After How about see, disappointed? But... Who disappointed you the most? D, I'm assuming somebody from Toronto. Uh, well, I mean, I I know you're probably talking more about the qualifying round, but I was really surprised uh, the round robin the the Bruins going zero and three. Yeah. Um, they looked ass. Yeah, which is obviously really surprising. I thought they were the best team or the most consistent team in, in the league this year, uh, at least as far as uh, results and production is uh, concerned. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really surprising. It, it, they'll be interesting. Obviously, they afforded themselves that, that luxury to kind of be able to get off to so, so slow of a start. So, uh, But they just obviously made the road that much harder for them now. So uh, it'll be interesting. The most disappointing thing, obviously, is that we were about to get, or we could have gotten Toronto and Tampa finally, which we've been calling for for, for years. Uh, and it just uh, obviously didn't materialize. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously Columbus deserved to go through. And uh, there's a... Uh, I mean, Montreal, I was talking about Montreal and Chicago a lot, uh, not to the point that I thought they'd actually take the series, but uh, Chicago hey. in particular wasn't surprising at all, because to me it just screamed crapshoot. They're both just such high event teams. Uh, and That series was so fun. And yeah. it just took the leaders being leaders, and that's what happened. It was everyone against Connor. Yeah, um, so... It, uh, it yeah, nothing like really like obviously they're upsets, but they they weren't the most su- surprising upsets. Like I yeah. said, like you you had a feeling even Zona, Chicago could outscore Edmonton. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not really surprising to see Montreal stand on its head. I just thought Pittsburgh had such a poor approach, even just uh, at least outwardly, like the way they were talking about it and how they were always like saying like, oh, we could easily lose to Carey Price in a five game series. It's like, well, why don't you just you know, maybe win them and earn your spot. And talking it into fruition. Yeah, so I just, I don't know, anytime that, it's just weird, you don't really see professional athletes or organizations uh, approach uh, a task or a competition with that negative uh, mindset, at least outwardly. So I thought that was strange, and it wasn't totally shocking to see it bite them in the ass. Yeah, it was, um, Price was like the one thing that we were like, if, if they have a chance, like this is going to be it. Obviously, uh, you know, D and I, we did the Eastern Conference review. We talked about how good the Canadians are at 5v5 and that they could, that Dino line could match up with, with Crosby and be fine. And for the most part, they were. Uh, they kind of changed the lines up a little bit to match up even better. But the Malkin line really didn't, never got it going. No. And Price just was always there Connor to kind of answer. Connor was basically the it, second best player on the Pens. It, in that series. Gensel yeah. looked like he was kind of still lagging behind after yeah, missing which months. Is but fair. And the Suzuki line was uh, looked more Suzuki consistent was and better than any other yeah. secondary line that Pittsburgh had. So yeah, Cockney was, Emmy even had a really strong I mean, you say it's surprising, but when it's over such a small sample size and these guys haven't played in however long and they got one preseason or exhibition game, like mm-hmm. obviously these upsets are, are going to happen. So yeah. yeah. Couple guys that we're uh, we've been big fans of on the show here in recent years uh, stood out to me. 
Sebastian Aho is obviously number one. I think he is, um, you know, not so much maybe even just in that qualifying round, but you know what's to come here in round one. Um, cementing himself as a as almost a top ten player in the NHL, like he looked outstanding. It was against the Rangers. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do against the Bruins. Um, I know I kind of just ripped on the NHL there for a little bit for their, the way they handled the draft lottery, but I think this whole qualifying round and everything, uh, the way it was set up, was just so spectacular. So Even so seems good. like like me being an Avs fan, you know, I was worried. That well, like that's what I'm watching saying. games like that. We're going to get stale. I celebrated so hard on Kadri's yeah. goal in game one that I had two leg cramps and literally had to lay on the ground for half an hour. So, like, that <laughs> but, shit doesn't happen. But even, like, you I, had to show phenomenal. up for those round-robbing games. It was amazing. No, they were great. It you was, had to show up because now, like, look at time. Boston. They go, Boston goes from first to fourth, and now you got Carolina. Because like, there's one team you don't want to play so in the tough. entire qualifying round. It was Carolina. They looked dominant. Again, against the Rangers, who we know are not a great 5v5 team. Lundqvist did not look that sharp. But anyways, Aho... Eight points in three games, yeah. spectacular. And another guy who I tweeted about, um, who who just looked like he was in another gear the whole qualifying round was Anthony Anthony Beauvillier. Three goals, two assists in four games for the Islanders. Uh, they kind of needed like needed secondary a, scoring. A source, they they, yeah. they needed it to not always be yeah. about Matthew Barzell. Barzell. Really good and yeah. Barzell for for stretches of the series actually was like kind of invisible, and then out of nowhere he was like so dominant. Yeah. And he was so good. I thought at he looked really four. good on the puck. Yeah, he was. He was. Tremendous in Game Four. Um, Anders Lee, I don't think, had a single point. So they yeah. they needed those secondary scorers to step up. Beauvillier looked really really strong. Um, as for somebody who disappointed, I I think there was so many. I, I mean, I would there hate, was I, a lot. I'd hate to go back uh, to the least, but I think it was just kind of the entire Edmonton Oilers um, yeah. team. Like even after they were just like, man, the most intensity we had was against, I think it was McDavid. So the most intensity we had was against Calgary in the exhibition. I think Nurse said that. And then and, and, McDavid said, yeah, he echoed uh, the, the sentiment. He said, we can't play we Calgary, can't every, play Calgary night. every night. Yeah. So it was like, it's so weird to me. Like you can't get up for a series like that. Yeah. Um, I went on Oilers nation radio and I was like, honestly, like this, this matchup is so weird for both teams because it's like kind of like the best and worst matchup they could both get because yeah. like they're both so bad defensively. They needed to not play a team that can score in bunches, but they also needed to play a team that wasn't good defensively so that they could score. So it was like just like the same styles. Like I didn't really know what to make of that series. It was really kind of like anybody could go out and take it. And I just thought for sure it would be the McDavid and Dreisaitl duo, but Jonathan Taves and Dominic Kubelik looked yeah. so strong in the first couple games. I don't love starting Mike Smith, though, game one. It's not, I don't know. You know what? Year that but honestly, happened, I hated it, too. And then Koskinen didn't play good either. So it's like... But it, it did kill him early. They're in a hole right away due to that. Um, doesn't help. I mean, you could go back and pick point. For sure. Tons of different things there. But no, I agree. Kubelik and, you know, Taves and Kane, they just looked... They looked good. A lot better. I like. I think Koskinen's a, a better goalie, but yeah. I think it's pretty marginal. And obviously, and Dave Tippett's got a lot of faith in Smith. You can never blame a, a coach for siding with experience in that kind of situation. Well, we talked about it when we talked about Matt Murray. Like, we, it would be a lot more difficult to explain starting the more inexperienced yeah. guy, and he gets shelled in game one. But all right, we're 20 minutes in. Let's start. Five minutes per series. Let's start with the Western Conference because we're talking about Chicago already. Chicago. By beating the Edmonton Oilers, get the number eight seed in the Western Conference. They will go head to head with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, on paper, this obviously looks like a really poor matchup for Chicago. Uh, Beebs, me and you did the Western Conference preview together last week, so we'll start with you on the Western Conference here. Uh, Beebs, what do you think about this series? Well, you said it. It looks terrible on paper, Brock, but uh, that's just about it. It looks absolutely terrible for Chicago. <laughs> I got Vegas taking it in. Five games, because I'll give a little bit of credit to Johnny Taze and uh, 
Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane, you know, I think they can pull one off, but I think it's going to be a close, like, 2-1 victory. Yeah. Well, saying but, four is a statement, yeah, too. Like, you're making a you're statement. Like, yeah, you're so three. shit that it's a 1 versus 12 seed. For example, oh, wait, I said Tampa was going to beat Columbus in four games last year. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of right. Statement. Yeah, kind of right. right. Four games but, yeah, is right. <laughs> I just love Vegas on paper. We all saw it. They dominated um, yeah. all the best teams around them, including my avalanche in OT. But um, either way, Vegas is a wagon, and I think that wagon isn't going to stop for any Blackhawks this time around, so I think they're just going to roll on through. Yeah, I think we were kind of waiting for Vegas to come around for most of the season, and they just seem to really hit came. Yeah, they seem to really be hitting their stride right before the the shutdown, and then, yeah, obviously within the round robin and the restart, they looked great and uh, looked like the team we thought they would be. They definitely look like the sum of their parts now. Without um, friend of the show Max Pacioretty, too. For the first he will be back, though. will be back. He will be back for game one. He just joined friend of the show. The team in the bubble recently, he's expected to play in game one. Yeah. I don't love Chicago's chances. Um, I just think Vegas is way too disciplined for a team like Chicago to beat them over seven games. And they got their old goalie in there. Yeah, that, I was going to say that would be the real kind of twist was if Robin Lehner was in net for the Blackhawks. But unfortunately, he's in net for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Um, and if not, then Marc-Andre Fleury will be. So it's really hard to imagine how the Blackhawks would be able to pull this off. Uh, you never know, of course, um, but yeah, it's hard to imagine them being able to beat uh, Vegas 4 out of 7. I just don't really see it happening. Yeah, the Robin Later thing is hilarious, uh, but here's some numbers for you. Of the eight Western Conference teams remaining, Vegas is first in, this is at 5v5, expected goals for, expected goals against, scoring chances for, scoring chances against, and high danger chances for. Yeah, give and me then Vegas. on the power play... They're also first in expected goals for and scoring chances for. Um, so they're like, wagon. To, to, yeah, to quote Biebs, an absolute wagon. Um, when you look at it on the other side, Chicago, we're seeing the Western Conference remaining in expected goals against and scoring chances against. That doesn't bode well for a team going up against arguably the best 5 feet 5 offense in the Western Conference. So, yeah, like, I, I think if Robin later wasn't at for Chicago, it'd be a totally different story. I'd be like, ah, he could steal one. But... Right. I'm going to make the statement. Vegas and four for Brock? Vegas and four. So that means Chicago and four. Chicago's <laughs> taking it in four. You heard it. <laughs> Bet it. No, Vegas and four. That let's, would be, let's go. That would blow my mind. I'd probably just stop watching hockey if that happened. If Chicago wins in four? If Chicago wins in four, like, I don't know. what. Like, what's, what is life at that point? <laughs> I'm, I'm off Bodog or whatever the hell I'm using. <laughs> all, all, forever. Bet, all betting sites. Yes. Forever. I'm never betting happens. sports again. Uh, quote me here. Yeah, okay. You don't have to worry. Yeah. Uh, Vegas and four. All right. Beebs, we're going to start with you again. Colorado, the number two seed against the number seven seed. Number two Arizona seed. Arizona so Coyotes. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Beebs, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're picking Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um, and I'm going to give Darcy Kemper one, not the Coyotes team one. So give me the abs in five. Um, you know, the abs goaltending is going to slip up for a second. But that's okay. Um, the abs getting their rightful two seed after they ended the season as the second best points in the Western Conference. So they rightfully got the position they were supposed to be in. So you heard it. It's awesome. I love it. Um, but uh, we saw them in the qualifying round. The Avs just looked, trying to be really unbiased here, but they did look better than St. Louis. They looked, a, well, they absolutely dominated Dallas. They played with Vegas. This is a team that I think we can count up there with Vegas. And Arizona, love the story. I love the Kessel Dvorak uh, Hall. Hall line. Abs- that was actually Throw that in with our surprises. That line absolutely killed it, and they did what they yeah. should have from the beginning of the year. They camper fucking carried them the yeah, whole way but through. 
you don't win without that line also helping out quite a bit. Keller had a good series, um, too. Keller had a phenomenal series. Good to see him back. But um, I just don't think it's enough for the Avs. I have the Avs beating them in all categories except for in net. And even in net, if Frank Kuz plays like he has the last 11 games. Do you think they're going to go with Frank Kuz? I think you have to. Grubauer losing that last game 5-4 really, really hurt it. If not, I was thinking you start Grubauer. But Grubauer really hasn't done much in the playoffs in previous years he has one series but he hasn't you know he, he played two games you yeah. don't owe him anything so and frank who's realistically helped him on that 10 game winning streak right before covid hit um shut out against dallas and uh he just looked absolutely phenomenal i think you got to start frank who's and you you go from there to to give uh grubauer a little bit more credit than you did it was four three not five four which That's right sorry so he wasn't as bad as yeah. you said but yeah he still four spot and still phenomenal against vegas don't get me wrong it's just when you're working with two yeah, diamonds. You gotta just choose the shinier one. <laughs> the first game they didn't they didn't look great in the first two periods against against St. Louis. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe Colorado isn't quite as good as maybe the Blues them. are, or whatever. And then they come out against Dallas and just fucking destroyed them. Yeah. Just ran all over yeah. them. Um, the thing is, like with Vegas, it's so funny to go back to Vegas for a second. Is like they did they ran the table in the West and they didn't even have Patchetti. I mean, like they had Chandler Stevenson on the top line. Now you put Patchetti up there, Stevenson down to the third line. They got Alex Tuck back. Like that give team him a questionable so offside goal in overtime. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you can run the table. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. You're right though. Um, that is a, that's a massive piece. We talked about it, Brock. You actually had Patchetti as your guy to lead the league in goals after the second half, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that shows how, how fondly you you think. Love of, Max Patch, right? Yeah, I uh, I obviously think Colorado is the better team by a, a pretty significant margin. I do think it's not the best matchup for them. I think Arizona, uh, you know, theoretically matches up pretty well. They they do a pretty good job of limiting scoring chances and uh, goals against, and I think they have a good chance at grinding it down and making a lot of uh, low event games where. Uh, kind of almost comes down to bounces as, as much as anything else and kind of individual uh, displays, which obviously still favors the Avs. But, I, you know, look at Arizona, got the fifth best penalty kill in the league this season. Uh, and I think you got to say that they have the edge up or the leg up in goal, right? Yeah. Um, so I even gave it to him. So, yeah. Yeah. And obviously we've seen how much that uh, can matter in a, in a playoff series where we're talking about uh, just a small sample game. So obviously I like uh, Colorado to advance, but I, I do think, you know, as far as seven seeds go, this is a pretty good team. And uh, yeah, I don't love the matchup for Colorado. I think, you know, like, like just for the reasons I said, uh, I just think they have a chance to kind of turning these into a lot of three and four goal games or even less. So um, that just kind of leads it going more to chance. So I could see it burning back their way. I'll go Colorado in six. I, like I said, I still think they're the better team by a pretty significant margin. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's not a slam dunk of a matchup. I don't think I just, uh, for me, I just love seeing Kemper take 50 shots a game last series. Cause that just means, you know, mm-hmm. how much longer well, can that's you do what, it this series? That's what I was going to say. I would be like surprised games but... to see him do it again. And he was doing it against the worst team. Yeah, I, just, I just don't think it's going it. to be a, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. For them, so. That's what I was going to say though, is like, if you like, obviously it's one series doesn't mean everything it's first series, you know, first five games or four games they played since in months. Yeah. But like. You gave up Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and Philip Forsberg fucking caved Arizona in. They had a, their Corsi four and uh, scoring chances four percentage was over seventy percent in that series. Like they absolutely dominated. And it's Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, three guys I actually love. But now we're looking at Miko Rantanen. Nathan McKinnon yeah. and whoever Those the hell that they want to put on that that uh, top line, whether it's Nemesnikov, it's Burkowski, whoever. 
if if Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson can just go in absolutely like they dominated every single shift they played. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who they put out there; they dominated. I just I don't see Arizona being able to slow Colorado down. Nazem Kadri line, although they weren't great in the regular season, now with the Landis yeah. in the wing, had really a tremendous good. tremendous round robin. They'll do a really good job That's against a playoff line though. Like they'll do a great job against the Hall Dvorak Kessel line, and then McKinnon's line should just go fucking nuts. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's a big I don't stand think to be take a like this, either. Yeah, but, but I, I, I have I have Colorado in five. I just like Kemper can be great, but like they should not even have got out of the Nashville series. Yeah, I just I don't think you can speak. I don't feel comfortable speaking that definitively about anyone right now after what we just saw. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's I just, totally fair. And even like I think just compared to most years, there's a lot of parity in the in the Western Conference. And I like I said, I think Colorado's uh, one of the better teams and obviously one of the best teams in, in the conference. But I don't think it's as big of a gap as uh, as we've seen in recent years. Like I don't even think Vegas is that much better than uh, you know, say the seventh, eighth best team. But they're good. They're great. If if uh, I. Ha- didn't love everything I saw from Sebastian Aho and Anthony Bovillia in the first round. I think Ryan Johansson was another one of those guys that was like so much better than he looked in the he regular season. Like he was back. He, he was looked old, like the guy that you actually would have traded for Seth Jones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like last couple of years, he's looked nowhere near that guy. And then that he was so good. Um, so hopefully McKinnon, obviously, he is a god. So I, I know he'll be better than Ryan Johansson, but. I, I, they're going to have such a tough time slowing them down. Um, B, D, I don't know. Did we get a pick from you officially? How many I, I said Colorado in six. Six, okay. Um, all right, moving on. Dallas, Calgary. Uh, the Dallas Stars, number three seed. Calgary Flames coming off a win over a very depleted Winnipeg Jets roster. D, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see Dallas scrape out the three seed. We talked about how fortunate they were with the, with the timing of the lockdown. They lost like seven or eight in a row. Yep. Uh, and Edmonton was on six in a row. Brox yep. has six. Um, and shut Emm- out like four in a row. I think. Yeah. And Edmonton <laughs> was obviously on right on the opposite. Edmonton ends up just missing out on the cut over Dallas and Dallas even moves up a spot in the round robin. So kudos to them. Uh, Calgary, I, I thought looked pretty good, all things considered in the in the qualifying round. How about Lucic? He's kind of back. Yeah. Ish. I mean, that third line looked a lot better than it did in the regular season. Yeah. Anyone can look good in over four games, you know what I mean? So Especially against a Winnipeg <laughs> bottom arrested. six that had literally nobody, like Gabe Bork, Nick Shore, like, they, they had nobody. They had that kid who worked hard and went to camp, wasn't going to make it. Sorry, I'm trying to be Paul Murray straight now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I think it's an interesting Matt, matchup because Calgary is another team that I think we could all say have uh, underperformed for the most part this season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how their top line performs in particular because that's obviously been a real step down from what they did last season and uh, kind of been a main source of the, of their job this year. I mean, this was the best, the number one seed in the Western Conference last year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty tight matchup. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Dallas has the ability, like we said, to, to kind of slow those guys down. I think like the, the home ice advantage is actually going to matter a lot because um, you're going to see a lot of Radic Faxa uh, versus that top line and just going to make things difficult. So special teams are probably going to matter a lot. Um, I'd give a slight edge to Dallas, but uh, I I would say Dallas in seven because I, I really think it can go uh, either way. Yeah, um, I was right along those pages, except for I got Calgary in seven. All the same reasons. I think this is going to be a pretty boring series, and mm-hmm. I apologize to Calgary and Dallas fans. Um, I just I don't love what Dallas was bringing into the bubble. I don't love what they brought into the bubble, and I think they stole a game there in the round robin. Um, and I think that Calgary's riding a high. That's a big, big win out off Winnipeg. Um, as much as they were depleted, it still is 
Um, it's still, I would call it an almost rivalry game or series. So you come off that a lot higher than Dallas is riding right now. For that, I see him taking that extra game. Like you mentioned, though, D, that extra game is going to be huge, especially for a team that needs the line match and has different lines that they would, you know, you want you want Seeking against certain people out there. You want, as you mentioned, Radic Facts out there against other top lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I for me, it's just Calgary's taking it. I just see those secondary lines outperforming Dallas' secondary lines. Um, and I see both top lines underperforming. So there we are. How many games? Seven. It's gonna be it'll be a long series, but it won't be great. Like we'll all be watching games six and seven, but we're gonna be like, how how the fuck do we get here? Playoff hockey is always good. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, (sighs) Calgary's second line was ridiculously good in the first round. Mangiapane, Backlund, Kachuk, they were insane. Called that one from a Um, mile away. When they get when they get obviously the home ice advantage for their three games, uh, they're gonna have their hands full with the the Tyler Segan line, but. Uh, they were so good. Uh, is you know, obviously, when you're going up against a Mark, he's Shifley. been their best player yeah. this season, obviously by by a significant. And margin. I called it last last episode. I said he. I think Mangiapane was probably their did. best player in that series. Like Which he is, was. He I said was this everywhere. season. Yeah. For, no. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Kachuk was incredible all year. Like that second line was incredible, and then like it, it just takes such a burden off that first line. To me, the biggest storyline in this series is goaltending. Goaltending. Yes. Hundred percent. I mean, Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin were. The best tandem in the league this year. True. Um, and then, like, I don't know. How much do you guys really I don't trust believe Kedobin. in Cam Talbot? Like, he um, looked great at times in that series, but he also looked shaky at times. Like, yeah. To me, I just, I'm never going to pick Cam Talbot, David Riddick over Bishop and Hudobin. Uh, Hudobin has been, you know, spectacular all year long. Uh, Bishop's obviously been spectacular for five years. Yeah. I just, I, I like, I think that, the actual matchup itself, when you're comparing the forward, the defense, uh, even the special teams, it's pretty, it's pretty even. But Dallas does a really good job of shutting the opposition down, Playing and then their goaltending's fucking lights out. Yeah. So I, I think there's an edge there. The only issue for me is Dallas goes through these stretches where they just do not score goals, and they're stretching right now. Like. Like they don't score sometimes. There's just not me. a lot of depth to their offense, no. and uh, that, that's why I said the home ice is going to matter a lot. Because obviously, mm-hmm. when you can get backlin on Tyler Sagan uh, with Kachuk, uh, it it's, should hopefully really make a difference uh, and swing things in Calgary's favor. I, I've always, you know, I, I don't think David Riddick's a great goalie, but I've always liked him to the extent mm-hmm. that I don't think he's going to cost you uh, yeah, at all. I if agree. you play good enough to win with David Riddick and net, generally you're going to win. I think Cam Talbot's kind of uh, probably of that same ilk, maybe a little bit less reliable. Um, from what we've seen over Riddick over the last two or three seasons. Uh, but yeah, obviously Ben Bishop and to a lesser extent Anton Kudobin have proven to be guys that can steal games for you. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a pretty even uh, series every way you look at it and then uh, slight advantage in goal to Dallas. So that's why I like them to have the best of over, I guess, in the seventh games. But. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm going Dallas in six. Um, it was nice to see two goals from Joe Pavelski in the... Uh, three round robbing games. If they can get a little bit of contribution from him and you know Radulov, that's going to go a really long way for sure. Um, yeah, I just like Talbot looked good, but it's like so hard to put any any stock into like that against a Winnipeg yeah. team that literally had nobody. Um, all right, last Western Conference series, and then we're going to fire it over to the Blue Stones. We've got the St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks, the four five seed. St. Louis trying to win a second straight Stanley Cup. D, start with you again here. I think this is funny because it's like this definitely at, at the start of the season or even uh, up 
probably up until the pause be it wouldn't be as surprising to see this as kind of like the one verse eight or uh, however it would shake yeah. out uh the one versus the wild card um so to see it end up being the four verse five is uh pretty funny i i obviously think st louis is a much more well or much more well well-rounded team. there you go you got there yeah, they're they're a pretty uh, full team. They obviously have a lot more depth than Vancouver, and that's where you really expect the difference uh, to be in this series. Uh, and the blue line, too, obviously is uh, streets ahead of what Vancouver has to offer. The one thing Vancouver has going for it uh, is obviously the offensive star power, and I, I think their power play has the ability to win games on its own. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and how the matchups play out. Um, cause I don't quite know what the, the blues are going to opt to do against Pedersen, uh, as at least as far as forward lines goes, you'd imagine, uh, it'd be mostly Ryan O'Reilly. And then probably, uh, uh when Vancouver has the, the home ice or the last change, it'd be Horvat uh, on O'Reilly to free up Pedersen, but, uh, we'll see how things play out. I, I think St. Louis is going to have a pretty easy time in this series, but, uh, if they end up, uh, given a lot of power play opportunities to Vancouver, I could definitely see it swinging the other way. Uh, and I think the goaltending matchup is going to be pretty interesting to watch as well. Yeah. Um, so what do you got? How many games? Uh, St. Louis and six. St. Louis and six. I am going to sound like broken record, uh, but I'm also going St. Louis and six. For me, it's just experience versus inexperience. Um, obviously, St. Louis has been there, done that. They did it last year. And uh, I was I, I chose St. Louis to win, um, actually come out as the one seed. So it was a massive surprise when they didn't win one game throughout the whole qualifying round. But at the same time, I still do believe through seven games, Jordan Binnington out, out takes Markstrom, like you said. And I just think overall, as a complete team, I want St. Louis, especially just um, just the way that just the way they're built, had to tell there. Um, Vancouver, I think in three years' time, we talk about this. Vancouver's on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're kicking St. Louis's ass for now. I'll give them two games. I think, like you said, you see the Bowser, Pedersen, Horvats. You see them go off. I could see that happening. It's too bad that they can't have their fans there because I would love to see Vancouver play at home. But at the same time, um, we can say that for everyone. Um, so give me St. Louis and six. Brock, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm going St. Louis and five. I just don't think this is going to be that close to a series. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks just have a really tough time defending uh, they had a tough time against a Minnesota team at times that only really has Kevin Fiala who shoots the puck. Uh, the Blues offer a lot more options offensively. We didn't see much from Vladdy Tarasenko uh, in the round robin, but he came out and said prior to the third game, he's like, with each passing day, I'm feeling better and better. I feel, you know, I'm getting my timing back, and I think it's only a matter of time where we just see Tarasenko uh, take over a game. After three games, a couple days off here in between, I think he comes out flying game one. I, I just, I don't see them matching up well enough. Uh, Pedersen, you know, as good as he is, I don't think he's, like, he's not there where he can just, like, take over a series yeah, he's yet. He's not like, big when, and strong when, enough Yeah, when, when you've got Ryan mm-hmm. O'Reilly on your ass for an entire series, it's going to be tough. Uh, that's at 5v5, too. I think if St. Louis stays out of the box, it's going to yeah. be a pretty easy series. But if they get into penalty trouble, especially early in games and end up chasing games uh, against a good goalie like Markstrom, I, it, it could end up getting a little bit interesting. But, yeah, I think as long as uh, they can stay out of the box, yeah, yeah exactly, it's, they're not going to have too much trouble. It was funny to look at, actually. I remember when I broke down the Minnesota-Vancouver series in the qualifying round, uh, uh, Vancouver had one of the best power plays in the league this year, 24.2%. But their underlying numbers were not very good. You know, you know, not a lot of scoring chances, very little from uh, in tight. Obviously, most of their power play relies on Quinn Hughes kind of feeding that one T bomb to Pedersen. That's, that's kind of what they rely on 
to generate chances. But the underlying numbers on the power play weren't great, so they definitely got a little bit lucky. But yeah, but um, it's not surprising when you look at the shooters on that power play too, right? Like yeah, you got Pedersen, sure. Besser, Toffoli. JT Miller. Yeah, all guys that generally shoot above average. And Brock Besser, like as soon as Tyler Toffoli, like Tyler Toffoli getting hurt and then moving on, might have been the best thing ever because they moved Besser back to that Pedersen line and it kind of seemed to like spark him. Like he looked yeah. so much better on that line. And it'll be interesting to see how they tweak those lines once Toffoli gets back because Besser looked like a whole different... Yeah. And I think they need him going. Like I'll, I'll credit to Toffoli. He's a great player. He's a, a reliable player, but Pete be Besser... Fine yeah, line. yeah Pete, Pete, Besser. Pete Besser can change a game and Toffoli generally is not within that same Boy, stratosphere. Was, was I wrong though? I said uh, I thought Toffoli and JT Miller would lead them through that series and they both kind of just... Where'd you go, boys? Well, well Toffoli obviously got hurt. Yeah, got Miller, hurt, I don't think he Miller, registered a point. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if Miller even knew he was playing. Um, all right, so <laughs> just had no idea. Just to just <laughs> to recap, practice, boys? we all are on the same. We're all on the favorites here in the Western Conference. No upsets. No, no. I had Calgary going. Oh, you do have Calgary. Calgary okay, so one seven, upset though. here. I did what I did on the last podcast, where I talk up the uh, the underdogs a lot, but then don't actually take them. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Somebody that are Covers not you both ways. not underdogs at this point. The Blue Stones. Let's fire it over to them for 60 seconds. When we get back, we will break down the Eastern Conference playoffs. I I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a lot of underdogs. I think it's so interesting that we kind of got to watch this whole thing unfold in the last couple days. I think we have a much better grasp. And these underdogs, yeah, they pulled it out against some sketchy teams, but now they're playing Ah. the real dogs. So we'll break down the Eastern Conference next. Enjoy the Blue Stones. See you back here. Season 5, episode 28 of the DFO Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. Hope you enjoy those sweet, sweet riffs from the Blue Stones. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever else you can get your music. You can find the Blue Stones. Um, So yeah, NHL playoffs, it's happening. There's no fans there, uh, but you can't really tell. They got the tarps over the seats. I thought it looked pretty good. I thought it looked good too. Yeah. I didn't understand any of the complaints about it. Like Our friend from Australia was trying to tell us that it didn't feel natural. And I, well, I all, mean, there's we, obviously a pretty significant... We, we all watching disagree. hockey at 6 in the morning doesn't... There's, there's like tens of thousands of people yeah, missing from the like, game. Yeah, but this is the best we can do, and this is yeah. pretty friggin' good. You yeah. don't notice it until like something big happens, yeah. or you know someone gets hurt, and it's just like dead quiet. Crazy the idea. This is what I've been doing. thing was weird. It was weird. Watch the game socially. You don't really listen to them. You have mm-hmm. a lot of people there. You silly hard That's when things happen, and then you totally forget. If you get people in your social circle together, and you're all popping off it, I agree. You don't really notice. It's a difference social circle of Avs fans. That's my rule. Yeah. If you're in my 10, you got to be an Avs fan. And I imagine so it I doesn't affect Do you have a single Avs fan? Anyway. No, not one. That you know? No. Yeah. No. Well, I know one, but 
Like, yeah, can't watch a game with him. He's a fringe guy. Uh, <laughs> not a, not a fringe guy, but he's not he's not like you know he's not in the circle. I hope he doesn't yeah. listen to the podcast. He might. He's a beauty, an absolute beauty. But uh, he knows his role in my life. <laughs> my ass a role player. That's funny. All right, <laughs> Eastern Conference number one seed Philadelphia Flyers, number eight seed Montreal Canadiens. Biebs, do you got to start in the last couple? Let's start with you here. Um. That's who knew? So funny to say. Who knew Philly was so good? <laughs> the number one Philly. Yeah, Philly with one and Montreal with eight. Uh, yeah, who knew that Philly was this good? But um, I don't know. This is this is crazy. We've mentioned that this is a series where we could see an upset. At the same time, if Philly plays anything like they did in the round robin here, they could they could take this in five. Um, I got it going six though for the same reason that I had Montreal beating the Penguins last round potentially beating them i didn't have them actually beating them i didn't even choose anyone i didn't get the chance to but um i didn't i would have chose pittsburgh anyways carry price he's gonna take two games but it's a lot like darcy kemp against the avs how much is too much the guy's gonna get peppered um but as you've mentioned montreal is a lot better on 5v5 than people give them credit for very in that regard i can see them succeeding but sean couturier right now is looking like an absolute freak travis konechny is the ultimate playoff player and they're just the de- defense uh, our boy provorov um pumped that into my veins joel Farabee. i love it all um i like what's going on there it's guys you haven't really thought of that are killing it for philly and uh yeah so give them philly and six i think that team is a lot better than even people are giving them credit for now um kevin hayes also a big pickup another big playoff guy that i really like on that roster before i go to ud this is pretty interesting i don't know if you guys know this but Montreal in the qualifier and Philadelphia in the round robin. Not a single power play goal between the two of them. 0 for 23 combined. So so special teams might not play a big factor in the series. <laughs> That's good. That's what It's going to be a hard fought five on five series. If Montreal could say, hey, we're not going to give up a single power play goal to, to Philadelphia in this series. We have to win the series at 5v5. I think they'd be down for that. Yeah, it definitely plays in Montreal's favor for sure. Um yeah, I think it's a it's a, another interesting matchup. It's not really a matchup that you would expect to be labeled as a as a one v eight. And you know, if this was any other night, it would or any other Saturday night it, throughout the season, it obviously wouldn't have been a surprise to see the Canadians beat the Flyers. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over seven games. But I don't think that there's really a huge advantage for the Flyers up front in terms of depth. Um, if Voracek comes back, obviously that changes things a bit. But I, I think, at, from, at least from a matchup standpoint, uh, the top nine at 5v5, I think Montreal fares pretty well. Uh, in net is another really interesting matchup. Uh, we talk about Carter Hart, Carter probably Hart. the next uh, great up-and-coming yep. Canadian goaltender, a guy that you'd expect to see uh, playing for Team Canada at the highest level, best on best, whatever that'll be the next time you see it. You, you'd think he'd be in the in line for some of that work. And then obviously Carey Price is the guy uh, who's filled that role over the last decade or so. So it's a, it's a really interesting matchup. Tryout for 2022 Canada. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. what this is. That's all the series. It's not- I think right now it's Price exciting. looked really good, obviously, in the, in the qualifying round there. So uh, I think maybe a slight edge in goal to Montreal, but obviously it, it wouldn't be uh, a huge surprise to see Carter Hart show up and steal a couple games for the Flyers. He's an absolute stud. Yeah, I, I think Philly, when they need a goal, have more guys they can turn to to score, and I, I think that's going to be the difference in the end. Uh, but I do think it's not going to be easy at all. I'll go Philly in six. It's such an interesting series to me because don't you guys think that like Philadelphia 
is basically like just like a little bit better version of Montreal. Like their teams are built so similarly. Yeah. Like they have this top line that like is really good at five v five, really good against the opposition's top players, and then kind of a pretty good second line, and then like it falls off a little bit. Then they got really good blue lines and elite goaltending. Like their teams are built very similarly, in my opinion. And then like Philadelphia is just like the better version of it. Like, yeah, Chakotay is like Philip Deneau on steroids. And yeah. Philly has a bit of star power. Exactly. Yeah, where Montreal really version. doesn't. Yeah. Like I, I think Max like they're Bowie, literally the same yeah. team, but Philadelphia just has more game breaking ability. And just like all their play, like they're so bu- they're built so similarly, but like their players across the board are just a little bit better. Um, like their blue line, like Ivan Provorov, everyone knows. I love Ivan Provorov. Yep. Travis Sanheim, terrific year. <laughs> Philippe Myers, uh, kind of an up and coming young defenseman, absolute snipe in the, the round. Ghost. Um, Goss Bear still trying to battle his way back. Justin Braun, veteran. I just like that that whole blue line. Yep. Carter Hart behind him. But to me, it's all about Sean Couturier. I just don't know like how any good player on Montreal is supposed to score because he's going to be going out. It's going to be interesting because like if we saw Montreal go to Suzuki with Tatar and Gallagher to try to at least give those two guys a little bit more opportunity offensively, and then they dropped a no back with Byron and Lekkinen, I think, in more of a yeah. defensive you know. Uh, role. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Like when Montreal has home ice advantage, do they, do they go with that same idea and try to get uh, Suzuki out there with Tatar Gallagher against some of the lesser quality players on Philly to generate some offense. But like to me, even if that's the case, when you're looking at the series as a whole in four games, Philly's yeah. going to have home ice advantage. Couturier's literally going to Philly, them down. Philly's entirely. got something special going this year too. And I mean, who knows? Maybe playing for Oscar Lindbaum. Who, who really knows? Might come there's back. Something too. that is coming up. Yeah. Like and what's up just... with what's the latest with Voracek? I know you're talking Voracek. About... He was just he's just day to day. I think he's a game time decision for game one. So yeah. he's like he's not over, you know crazy injured. Um, that Nicholas Abukbel. I, I, I butchered it, but Obekubel, whatever you want to say, not very French. Uh, Look it up. He he, he was really good uh, in the la- last half of the season. Looked good in the uh, qualifying round. Uh, Joel Farabee played really well all season long. Can kind of go up and down the lineup. They just they're deep. They're really deep. Uh, obviously, we didn't love the Derek Grant, Nate Thompson pickups, like to kind of like round out your center ice position. But they're yeah. veterans. Yeah, they, it's working. They, they don't. They're not going to hurt you. They're not. They might not score any goals, but they're not going to give up help, any either. But they're not going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I. But just I mean, t- you can't sit here and say that Philadelphia is that much better than Montreal at this point, right? No. Like, but they are enough to beat them. In- I think. Like, I just. Think. I just don't think. I just don't think Montreal is going to score any goals. Yeah, like, but I mean, they didn't really score that much against Pittsburgh. And- no, they didn't. Carey Price is a, is a game uh, like a difference maker in this series, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to go Philadelphia in six as well. Sure. Ooh. All right, Consent? second series. We went over the five-minute timeline there. Big. T- oh, no. We're only over by a minute. We're fine. Worth it. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Columbus. The rematch none of us really asked for, but all of us kind of wanted. Um, yeah, all of us. All of us wanted. It's going to be... Yeah, sorry. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Obviously, one year removed from the Blue Jackets sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning last year in completely People unexpected fashion. The whole world picked... That was an entirely different team, though. There's, like, what, seven guys that Panarin, were on that team last year? That Panarin, Duchesne, Bobrovsky. It was completely different. Zingle. Zingle. Yeah. <laughs> Who got benched by Carolina? Nyquist? No, Nyquist. Nyquist is there now. There, there he now. was in San Jose. They did a um, Zingle. 
But <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting series. Like everybody expected Tampa Bay to go deep last year. Like even my sister, so who does barely watches hockey, she had like a, a they were, even Brock. They, they had one of the best regular seasons ever. Yeah. like they, we we thought they were gonna cakewalk to the cup. My sister had like a bracket pool thing going with like all the teachers at her school, and then she texted me after like around. She's like, "What the fuck, Brock? Like, aren't you supposed to know this stuff? Like, the team I have winning the cup lost in four games. Like, you're an idiot." I was like, yeah. "Yes, I am." Apparently. They are not who we thought they were. No. You should have given her Columbus, Yeah, dude. I should have known better. Be but, better. All right. D, your Leafs aren't there. You just watched Columbus. Handle them. Rip the dude's heart out before he answers, why don't you? How do you think Columbus <laughs> fares in this round two matchup with the Lightning? I, it's, a really, one, it's honestly going to be a really similar matchup. Uh, I think from a neutral perspective, it's probably not going to be that fun to watch. Nope. I, I think the only thing that made those Leafs Blue Jackets games entertaining is because they were close. There wasn't a lot of high-quality yep. uh, scoring chances that were happening uh, with any sort of frequency. So. They were pretty boring as a whole, though. Yeah, and give Tortorella credit with the weapons he has at his disposal. That's kind of the uh, or the, the route he has to take, uh, especially against teams like Toronto and Tampa Bay. You're not going to outscore those teams, right? So you got to try to shorten the game, uh, open the gates up when it really matters and uh, when you really need to. And other than that, just take your chances as they come uh, and only form check one guy at a time. And that's essentially what's going to happen here. They're going to obviously need to uh, get elite goaltending again if they're going to pull off um, – Obviously, a much more significant upset than what we saw in the first round against the Leafs. Uh, but yeah, it looks right now like they have um, two high-tier options, which we wouldn't have thought going into the qualifying series in Corpus Allo and Merzlikens. So Merzlikens out indefinitely, though. Indefinitely? That's what Ooh. they said today. Do they have another? Not sure how long he's going to be there. They have another crazy Matthias, named goalie. Did they Matthias say he's definitely Neville, never. Seriously, yeah. give me that guy. Give me. Any bet I can put on that guy for Matthias Kievel, I can't pronounce Ridiculous. it. If it's just Carpasalo, I uh, obviously you love Vasilevsky in that matchup, um, and it's hard to imagine Tampa Bay Kivel losing Nevitz. this series. Obviously, uh, it was impossible to imagine them losing last year. Uh, but like I said, Columbus, there's been a lot of turnover there. Yep. Um, they obviously have the personnel to win a matchup like this, but I think it's going to be really difficult, and they're going to need uh, to win the goaltending matchup again, which I'm just not convinced is going to happen. So I'll say Tampa in five. Nice. Um, there's a phrase, lightning doesn't strike twice. I was just thinking this. <laughs> I'm landing that one right here, and it because it absolutely applies to the Bolts, to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sure. Um, you guys get it? Um, anyways, <laughs> anyways, got it. Uh, this is just too good of a team. We called they. We called them as a team that was really going to turn around in the second half, and we we saw that happen um, after what was just a. I'm gonna call it an atrocious start for what we expected from Tampa. I think they're now there. Obviously, qualifying around they didn't look that phenomenal, but at the same time, um, I just I don't see. I think Tampa is a next step level Toronto. I just don't see Columbus being able to do it again, at least not for seven games. Like earlier when I asked, do you think they could handle it for seven games? I think, I mean, it's tough to say. I do think the Leafs would have taken it to seven at least. Again, tough to say. Anyways, Tampa, I see taking it in six. Yeah, I Cut just that. scrap that. Okay. Tampa in five. There you go. Um, I just don't see <laughs> Corpusalo doing it again. Like Brock mentioned, he's like a 908 career guy. 
Yeah. Career stats exist for a reason, especially when you have He's like only 25, five, though. Especially when you have five plus years in the show. I just forget seven games. It's just really hard to imagine this Columbus yeah. team outplaying Tampa for 60 Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. As much um, as I love PLD. Yeah, I just think they're going to need a lot to go their way to, to pull this off. Not so. for me. Five. I, I, yeah. It's I was, almost more lopsided than last year, but. I'm more confident it, it, with my Tampa in five than my Philly in six. <laughs> Tampa, the only question marks, obviously, we've got Steven Samkos. Not 100% coming into the series. Not sure even if he's going to be ready for Game 1. Victor Hedman, definitely not 100% heading into Game 1 either. That is question mark city. Uh, two of your best players. I'm going to go Tampa in 6. Last year was nuts. But sure. even after they got by Tampa, Columbus took the Bruins to 6, I believe. Yeah. Um, gave them all they could handle to with some pretty Panarin. fantastic goaltending. Yeah, Shame. absolutely. It's just like they're they're just not any it's not the same fun team. to play against or the, watch or watch. Definitely not. But no. it's a, it's effective yeah. in playoff hockey. It's just so funny though. What a different team they look like when they get the first goal versus give up the first goal. If they give up the first goal. They're like so lost. Like fuck. We gotta well, go, we gotta play offense. We gotta go on offense. Yeah. John, they're just not built to chase games. They, they can't. Have, I honestly think when they go down like one or even two goals, they just shouldn't even change anything and then just like wait and see, like and wait for the last five or wait ten minutes to, to really open up. But like yeah. obviously they're just not year, built to skate with these. This teams, year, no Matthew Shane, no Artemi Panarin. Doesn't always matter. Sucks. Like yeah. I, I don't know where you're yeah. gonna get your offense. PLD looked like a different beast there in the first uh, in the qualifying round. But I just again, I don't it's like cross check power up. Yeah, I don't think cross check like, and uh, Patrick true combo. I don't think that they're gonna have. They don't have the ability to stay with them for seven. So, anyways, moving on. I, 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 before D loses his mind on PLD, uh, I'm going Tampa in six. Washington, Islanders, another really fun series. Quick takes, anybody? Anybody got anything really? I this mean, be every time we talk about the Islanders, it's like we just shit on the Islanders and, and then, then they, they just do this. They win every yeah. single time. I don't know. Can you say you're excited to watch this series? No. I'm excited to watch Ovi. Do I want to see like if Anthony, sure. Anthony Beauvillier can keep playing well. I want to see if Matt Barzell like uh-huh. can keep playing well. Yeah, but like uh, I, I really don't give a shit. Obviously, I like the Caps. Would it shock me to see the Isles win? Yeah, no. Islanders in seven for me. It would be unfortunate because I think Washington's just a much more entertaining team to watch. You got Isles yeah, in seven. I got Isles in seven. Why do you think? <laughs> I just I think. It's, they're just a step up from last year. They're uh-huh. just such a pest to play against. Yeah. Um, I think they took a big step in the goaltending department, which we didn't think they could do. I mean, they had Laner last year, but at the same time, I think they're right there with Varlamov. You hated Varlamov. I did. Year. Now you like him. Again. I hated him last year. I can't deny he up his great year, though. Where he's like every he had, other year. Yeah, and he had a good year last year, so he wasn't allowed to have a back-to-back good year, and he did it. <laughs> he <laughs> broke the rules. Anyways, I was shitting on him, I'll admit, but I do have to give credit where credit's due. He had a great year. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Something about Washington doesn't scare me like it did two years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just give me Islanders in seven. Feels better. Yeah, I still just think Washington's power play is a real problem and just, like, really discouraging to face in a seven-game series. Um, no yeah. penalty kill gave up more scoring chances against in the remaining in the playoffs this year than the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like relatively two kind of low event teams, right? Like Washington hasn't been as up and down as we've seen in, uh, in recent years or throughout their kind of 10, almost 15 year run now. Um, so yeah, it's one that you could kind of see the Islanders definitely squeaking out a few, like two, one, three, two, whatever win games. Um, but 
over the course of however many games you'd expect Washington's quality to kind of show up and be the difference. Um, so yeah, it's hard, it's hard to bet, uh, against the caps, but I think the Isles, uh, obviously just by design are going to give them a really, really hard time. I think the power play is difference. I'll go Washington in seven. Yeah. I agree 100% all the way across the board with you there. It's like, it'd be different if the Islanders were a good five V five team, but they're not either. Like neither team's very good at five V five. The Islanders uh, give up the most scoring chances against of any team in the Eastern Conference remaining at 5v5. The most scoring chances against on the PK. You got that many scoring chances against a Washington team that's loaded. Uh, still, I mean, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, throw Kovalchuk on the PP2. Like, they got a lot of talent. I just don't understand. Um, I don't understand how the Islanders keep doing it. It is, they're not good. They're not. No. <laughs> But but we did but say it. we did say it in the they have the, a lot of depth though they we really did say do. it in the first episode as well that I don't think we give them enough credit in that regard that you know, all four lines are generally pretty I, tough I to I cannot play believe how much they rely on a a line that consists of Cal Clutterbuck and Martin uh, yeah. Matt Martin like, Matt they, Martin they, played twelve they throw him out there at the start of like every period and they're every period they've they've been been doing, he's been doing it for it's two years unbelievable. You know? so it's not like they're not fish I out still of water don't get how it I still don't get how it happens he's just using people in the way they're meant to be used i mean yeah sometimes you get into these yeah. these games in the playoffs especially if we're stretching in overtime and all of a sudden the four lines play in way more meaningful minutes than they've ever played all year uh and it really can make the difference but i just obviously that's not an issue for the islanders because like you said these are guys that kill penalties for them too that on occasion they've used to match up against the opposition's top lines mm-hmm. uh, not can't. entirely but for their entire minutes you know what i mean so it's yeah it's i can't think of a team in junior in the nhl that's rolled four lines yeah. I can't I, even think of travel teams that have been yeah. on that role. So I don't think lines. they have any great lines, but in general, they don't have one line that you can really look at and think this is the line we're going to open up, even though that fourth line uh, you would think would be kind of susceptible. It's really, it really hasn't been the case. I think the one guy we haven't talked about that... <laughs> Matt Martin? No. J.G. <laughs> Paggio was a really nice pickup yeah, for them. Huge. He's kind of he rated, looks great. He's rated in a, uh, a Aside from whatever they gave up and whether you oh, think yeah. the value is there. No, yeah. The trade, the trade itself was terrible, but getting him as your third-line center is... Amazing. It's awesome. Like Barzell. If they win the cup, is the best trade ever. Who gives a shit? Exactly. Yeah. Barzell, Nelson, Pajot, and Sezikis. Like, I don't love Matt Martin, but I love Casey Sezikis. Those four centers yeah. are. I don't really think they're going to come anywhere near winning the cup. I should. Just, I feel like I should make that clear, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll the other thing best. about Washington going to the three seed is they did that uh, without Lars Eller, uh, who was out of the bubble having a baby. He'll baby. be back for game one. So. He, I think he played one or two of the he games. He played the right? first game, yeah. yeah. Baby. Baby. Uh, all right. Last series, probably the most interesting series in the entire first round. Number four seed, Boston Bruins. Number five what? seed, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Biebs, you alluded to it a little bit uh, earlier. Heavyweights. The, Bru- the Bruins were... Big boys. Were awful. They sucked the ass. Their top line combined for, uh, I'm pretty sure, a total of zero points. A whole lot of nothing. three games. So that's not where you want to be heading into the first round of the playoffs. But uh, my bets. D, we'll go to you here. You have watched the Maple Leafs struggle against them year in and year out. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Can the Hurricanes How's do the what the Maple How can the Hurricanes do what the Maple Leafs were unable team. to do forever? Uh, Brock, we watched all sixteen teams here struggle. <laughs> the Wings struggle against all sixteen. Yeah, Carolina is one of the best five v five teams in the league. They have been for the last probably three, going on three seasons now. Um, so yeah, I think they have uh, a lot more depth than the Bruins. I think the blue line. 
Uh, even with Dougie out? Might be coming back for game one. It's not 100%. He okay. started practicing at the end of last week. Okay. okay. Obviously, with Dougie, I, I think their blue line is right on par with the Bruins, if not a little bit better. I think it's the best blue line in hockey. Mm-hmm. Slavin is so good. Vatnin, Shea. Yeah, they really went Dougie overkill. back in the mix. They, they don't even have Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pessy. Can any of them strap on the pads, though, is what I have to ask you guys. Because I just... That's <laughs> the real... James Reimer look, though. Yeah. Holy the real... Christ, where did that deal? Yeah, what a James Reimer. So, game seven, Boston, Carolina. Take you're rolling break. out James Reimer. You yeah. tell me that's what you're doing? He has. I think I'd pull him for Peter Mrazek midway through the third. I think Reimer's he's a, history against Boston in Game Seven, so I actually don't recall it. He probably has never played in one, right? You have to assume. Yeah. Before that, it's start, not as good as Elvis Merzlikens against the Leafs in Game Four. Before that start oh, the other day. Oh, I recall. Reimer's last playoff start was Game Seven against yeah the Bruins. Where D went viral. Do we need to remind people? <laughs> Sports Illustrated. I, I think, <laughs> in general, I think we would all probably no. say that Reimer is a more reliable goaltender than Mrazek. Uh, he just doesn't offer the peaks and the upside that Mrazek has in, uh, over the years, right? Mrazek's kind of, his form has been a lot more up and down. Um, they couldn't play goalie any more different. Yeah, whereas Reimer's like pretty much the definition of a really Stay good backup. Yeah. So, to, obviously, to see him perform that well in, in a game or two, it's surprising, but it's not unbelievable to imagine that at this point in his career, he could best Boston over seven games. Uh, seems a little bit far-fetched, but obviously he has the team in front of him to do it. It shouldn't be that difficult of a job. He shouldn't face a lot of shots. shouldn't face a lot of high-danger chances. Um and Boston's top line didn't look great, and that's obviously a real problem. Uh, so, yeah, obviously the depth really leans towards Carolina when they have the last change. I, I think the matchups aren't going to be fun for Bergeron and company to deal with, which is funny to say because uh, normally they're the ones causing the headaches. Uh, but, yeah, if they're not performing, as we've seen whenever it's happened, it hasn't obviously it's never really been for a long stretch, but whenever they do go cold, uh, it's usually not very good for Boston. So I, I think that's the most troubling sign. Super hypothetical. James Reimer starts game seven. Do you set up a cam facing yourself to catch your reaction? Again. Only, only if they go up three. Okay. You got to do it. Yeah. But what's so your, your take? How many yeah. games? Boston seven. Wow. After that? Wow. I just think goaltending matters too much. Love it. Playoffs. And yeah. Yeah. You got to give the edge to Boston. There Absolutely. By a pretty significant margin. Probably more so or than any other matchup we've talked about tonight. So I, I think Boston has the edge. I trust those guys to figure it out uh, and probably, at least in Bergeron's case, play half the game. And depth might not matter that much. So Boston 7. I'm a ride-or-die type guy. And after choosing Boston to go as my one seed, I really can't you know shit on them now. I also have them as seven-game winner. I hated it because I thought you were going to go Carolina in seven, and then I could just dance off that. But D said it to grasp the difference. Carolina's blue line, I think it's better than Boston's blue line. Offensively, I think they match up head-to-head, and then I think goaltending. Just a little bit more to Rask, and that's what's going to take it in game seven. But very easily, I could see Boston being down two games to O, just with Carolina. Amazing beer opening going on in the back here. Um but, uh, yeah, I could just see, you know, Carolina coming in as hot, rolling like they are, and Boston coming in cold like they were, and just next thing you know, 2-0 Carolina, 3-0 Carolina. But at the same time... Oh, my God, 3-0 Carolina. Not 3-0 Carolina. But at the same time, you know, I have to roll with Boston. There's a reason that I Fuck took them guys. to win the I'm, whole I can't hear about Boston it Boston in seven. Hey, Brock, 
happening. As a team that beats up on your Red Wings. Two uh, of the best teams <laughs> in the conference, though. Really? Um, yeah, no, it's gonna. this is the series to the watch. The Bruins were yes. like, when obviously the numbers don't say everything. I'm not going to be all over the numbers forever. Sorry. But uh, Boston was actually one of the like lowest scoring offensive teams at 5v5. Playoff Boston. This year, they had the lowest... Expected goals for at 5v5 of any team remaining in the playoffs. They were among the lowest scoring chances, 4 per 60 in the entire playoffs. Um, the most interesting thing is, like, you'd be like, okay, well, Boston's power play is elite. So is Carolina's. Oh, Boston's penalty kill is elite. Well, so is Carolina's. The special teams could be, obviously, the difference here. Boston's but they're both elite. Boston they're both this every year, elite. and they go through. You don't see Carolina. Have you seen Andre Svechnikov in the playoffs? I'm just waiting for you to talk about the goal He's a horse. Yeah, just so the goal that's all that really matters yeah. here. It is all that. It, it is, is all nice that really matters, and I think that over the course of the series, the Hurricanes can outplay Boston enough to overcome that difference. I think that what's going to happen is you're going to see both Morazic and Reimer have good games. And bad games. And they're going to lose some games. I just, gonna win in seven. Gonna I just can't imagine you feeling good about them in Game 7. I don't feel great about them in Game 7. If but it I gets think, to that point. But I think Carolina is good it enough is. that they can... They can... They're a great beat, team. They can overcome They're good, but that this issue. Is like, I wish... This we talked Boston. about a D the entire first episode. If this motherfucking team would have went out and got Robin Lehner, they'd have been a shoo-in to go to the finals. Yeah. yeah they they're did. unbelievable. They wanted to keep it even for everyone and not do the completely obvious move. Yeah. Like, don't trade nothing for the one yeah. of the best goalies in the league. We're going to roll with our two 900 but save percentage I, goalies. I think the goaltending goal is obviously too. a bit we of a concern. Be, man. But I think that Boston is going to have their hands full with Carolina yeah. the entire fucking series. You bet. And it's going to go to seven. I think, and, and they're going to I think that Carolina is going to come in and take at least game one. Maybe game two, like you said. I don't think they're going to go up 3-0. But like Boston I don't think looked so bad. Either. Like, I, like as good as Carolina looked, Boston looked that bad. Like It's probably the team that looked the best in yeah. the qualifying round versus the team that looked the worst. I just, it, having watched a lot of Bruins playoff games, it's just you get so they used to the seeing switch. these guys. Yeah, absolutely flipping yeah. the switch, getting absolutely rocked one night and then coming out and just looking like them same old selves. It's really interesting, though, like we talked about earlier that the Bruins, you know, for the large part and for the most part of the season were the best team in the NHL, but it wasn't necessarily because they had more quality than everyone else. Uh, is mostly because they were the most consistent team. So now to see them kind of really dip in form at this point where it really matters most, um, but to really an extent we've never seen before. Like, we don't even know how seriously they're even or, you know, to what extent they were committing to these games or if they were treating them more like an actual preseason or some kind of tune-up after yeah, being off. Just if months. that's what they were doing, I bet you they're really regretting it now that they have the Hurricanes. <laughs> I'm sure they do, and I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I, I wouldn't... If after going 0-3, like someone had there four good teams in both conference going head to head and round robins, someone was gonna it's go. It's not like you're losing to a, at the a very low seed. Yeah. Yeah, in their defense too, they didn't team. have like Andre Cass didn't come back until yeah. the third game. That second line finally looked a little bit better. But to me, that's gonna be the difference in the series. Is I just the Bruins aren't that great. Yeah. Like beyond that top line. No, like they're, they're not. They're solid, but they're not great. Yeah, where I, I just think, think the goaltending. I just years. think the goaltending just matters more. Uh, and I think if this was the last three games, or maybe the end of March, going into the playoffs, and Boston lost to Philadelphia, Washington, and Tampa Bay three games in a row, I don't think we'd be 
you know, I don't think heads would be rolling and we'd no. be casting them off and be shooting them aside. Uh, but they probably wouldn't be having to face the Hurricanes as a consequence. So, what? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, consistency is normally their strength. Yeah. But I've seen them bounce back. Only 100-point team in the NHL for a reason. I We've can't jump off. Back, I think that this yeah. is a. I think this is an important question because just as much as it sucks for the Bruins to have to be facing the Hurricanes, it sucks just as much for the Hurricanes that Boston got. Absolutely. Yeah. If if the Hurricanes were playing Philly, Tampa, or Washington, would you be picking them to, against all three of those, or would you Philly, be a little bit more hesitant? Philly, I'd think about it. Washington, I'd probably take Carolina, and third one, I'm not. Not against Tampa. I like them over Philly. Like Washington's kind of a bit of a toss up. Like we've seen, they really Beat just traded year. punches yeah. the last few years. Those two teams, uh, and then Tampa. I think obviously you give a slight edge over the Hurricanes, but yeah, I think Hurricanes are like you know if maybe not a top five team in the league, but they're right they're right there, and certainly wouldn't surprise you if they beat any team in the league in a seven game series. Especially when they're but I just the think goaltending matters too much over a small sample. We saw pretty much and, very similar teams. Yeah. Second. Go head to head in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, yeah. and Boston came out on top. Not a lot has changed on these two teams. Huh. Not a whole lot. Nope. They, they've pretty uh, similar. They've added a couple really quality options on the blue line, and Vincent Trocheck, um, friend of the show. That line, if that line gets, I just going, can't get over the goaltending though. I really just can't get past it. Okay, uh, enough about Boston, Carolina. Sure. I sure. want to know from each of you. Beebs, we'll start with you. Who do you have going to the? Western and Eastern Conference Finals, and who do you have in the Stanley Cup Finals? All right, Western, got to go with my boys, Colorado. They're going. I didn't want to take them because, you know, I don't want to be biased, but they just look too too good in that uh, that round robin. Um, no bias there to see Colorado going. In the East, Philly's a wagon. I hate, I hate it, but Philly just right now is so on. I think Montreal's an easy matchup. I think they can rest up a bit there. And then I think that the real action starts for them, and, and all it's going to take is them just playing like they have the last little bit, and they could beat anyone. Um, I got Philly coming out of there. Like I mentioned, there's something special out in Philadelphia right now. And uh, give me Philly, but I got them losing the abs in the finals. It's going to suck, boys, for Philly. <laughs> D, what about you? Uh, I'll start with the East. I, I, I'm going to go Tampa, and I'll say Washington, uh, just because I think they have a little bit – uh, safer matchups and safer routes to get there. And even though I didn't actually pick any, I think there's going to be some sort of upset along the way. That means they don't face until the conference finals. So I'll go the two of them. And then, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of parity in the Western Conference right now. Uh, but when you look at how the seeds work out, I like St. Louis a lot, but it's it's obviously they have a much tougher route to get there than either Vegas or, or Colorado. And I think those are the three best teams, in my opinion. Um, so I will go Vegas and Colorado in the Western Conference Finals. Who's going to the finals? Finals, finals. So I guess I would expect Vegas to best Colorado yeah. over seven games. So I would take Vegas. Um, and then in the opposite regard, Probably Tampa, although I don't feel great, obviously, after they got swept last year, but probably Tampa, yeah. You got Brock? I'm going Carolina, rolling, rolling over Boston, rolling over the Flyers. He's just like all the way to the Eastern Conference Final Uh where they will meet the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Okay, period. And lose okay. that series. So they play again. the ones. So they play Philly in the second round. Yeah, all the all the uh, all the favorites the win. Okay, all the gotcha. favorites win, except for sure. them. 
Sure. They okay. they roll over Philly, but they lose to Tampa in the in the uh, in this conference finals. Okay. In the West. Okay. Um, I, I would love to I would love to go Vegas St Louis, but I think they're going to meet in the second round. I just you know unless Calgary ends up beating Dallas, which is entirely possible. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know who they're going to face, but I think Vegas has got a Calgary. good enough team to go all the way. You know, when so. you can lean on like we're talking about how you know you know. You got Reimer and Morazic, but then you look over at Vegas and you've got Laner and Fleury. Like that's yeah. just how the Great fuck does that goalies. even happen? Um, I mean, if you could put them both in net and just play with four forwards, uh, they'd never lose a game. I don't think anyone would. Yeah, to be that's fair. a you think general so? statement. Hockey. Other if than you the get wings, two the big wings. enough goalies, they don't have to move. No. You if you could put that Jimmy tactic Howard in there, whoever the hell else, <laughs> Com- Adam, whatever Comrie in net, I'd take whatever team. The question is, how many players do you need to just stack up in the net where there's no holes? Because if it's only two or three, according to Toronto, it's goalie, just Mitch Marner. Apparently, and you never yeah. give up a goal. Like, is that not worth Mitch it? Mitch Marnie. <laughs> but Vegas, yeah, I think we I gotta mean, workshop this. I can't. We gotta look it up. They put in a rule. They would ruin it. Yeah. But uh, like, think about it. They would. Ruin you would it. never give up a goal, even if you're on two v five the whole time. You think eventually you would probably score one. You just have to hope they don't come up and just clap when I eat really hard Think and hurt it. your boys. <laughs> yeah, All right, we have reached happened. the point where we have reached the point of no return. I'm sorry I started this. Um, <laughs> hypotheticals? Hypotheticals with the boys, FOP. Coaches need fun. to be more creative. Yeah. Looking forward to a fun first round. I'm Broxy Game. We got Dylan D. Berthy, Michael B. Bondi. Enjoy the first round. We'll see you guys back here in a week and a half, most likely. Yeah. Since none of you guys have teams in the playoffs anymore, I guess we're all Avs fans, eh? No. Go Hurricanes, baby. I'm not. I'm over hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Peace.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.